0: I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one help a lot of students
1: need.
2: A 12 to one student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with
1: their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.
3: Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, W SportsFan.com hangs out with me on Panic Rooms. It's Lauren Brownlow, that Brownlow lady. What up, Lauren?
2: What's going on? Just same old, same old, you know.
3: Have the Panthers dragged you back in?
2: Okay, so I got multiple texts about this um, throughout Sunday. Um, I did a few activities Sunday that I wouldn't normally try to fit into a Sunday. And so by the time I got back to my apartment, which was around three or four, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just kind of like went to sleep for a bit there. So I didn't really watch the game. Um, but I did see that they were like up big on Seattle and I was like, see, now I can't hop in. Because now I'm invested if I hop in because I hate yeah. losing to the Seahawks. like And the Panthers, you know, they've let me down a few times. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that's I, why you're the
3: sad Panther fan.
2: I think what makes me happiest about it is that, you know, when, when David Tepper said about Steve Wilkes, like, oh, he'd have to do an amazing job. To even get consideration, basically, which is BS. You know what? He, I like that he's putting him in a position, and could potentially, if this continues, this kind of play, mm-hmm. put him in an even more awkward position. Like, at what point? What did? How many wins did Matt Rule have? in his, was it eleven? Yeah, over I mean, like three this... years.
3: Yeah, and I think that the funny, my favorite stat was that the Panthers actually won a game when the other team put up 17 or more points, which is something that they never did. Yeah, they had not rule. done that
2: under Matt Rule, which is, yeah. oh my God. No, I guess Nebraska wants to turn into Iowa, maybe. Who knows?
3: Maybe that's, yeah, maybe yes, that's, the, actually, no, no. I think that's Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia who are trying to be Iowa at this point. They're trying to out-Kirk Ferencz, Kirk Ferencz. Kirk Ferenc, I have been uh, saying this. Things.
2: I maintain this, and it's still true. Um, Although kudos to Steve Wilkes for, I think, really doing his best with the offense that he has. I mean, they're going to have droughts and they're not going to score as much, but he's trying to score. Whereas, like, I think that there are so many defensive-minded coaches first that just can't help themselves when it comes to offense and what kind of influence they have on the offense. I mean, Bill Belichick had no business winning games like that when he had Tom Brady. He doesn't have Tom Brady now. So now he's Mm -hmm. like, ooh. We can win this way. This is fun again. This is my lifeblood. You know, right. like it's all
3: pro it's all process. I, I, just, I want to do this all process. He loves I don't to care win who I am. Like six to three.
2: Like, come yeah.
3: on. Yeah, that's real football, Lauren. That's what that is. Lauren Brownlow, WRL SportsFan.com, ACC Panic Room hanging out with us here on the OG alongside Joe Gilio I'm Joe Ovias. To back to your point about Steve Wilkes and what David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, had said in relation to what Wilkes would have to do. I actually think he's met that criteria already. Um, I think by going four and four since he's taken over, they've won three out of the last four. Clearly, this team has bought in. As Jillio likes to point out, something resonates with no, this they guy and him. this team.
2: Like, we knew that. Yeah. And,
3: and you also put the circumstances that David Tepper put him in. This is something that Wilkes addressed after the win on Sunday, where he talked about why it was such an emotional win for them to be in seattle and find themselves a game out and in control by the way with games remaining against the buccaneers and the saints that's the crazy part the crazy part is if the saints could actually hold on to a freaking lead like last week when they were up 16-3 to against the tampa bay buccaneers we'd have a four-way tie right now in the nfc south so i think given all those circumstances
2: it, it is the coastal
3: it really is it's big coastal energy Given all the circumstances, I feel like I, I feel like Wilkes has done that already. He's somebody who's clearly invested and wants the job. And outside of giving up even more picks and compensation to get somebody like Sean Payton, who are you going to get that kind of matches what Wilkes is doing right now?
2: Well, and here's the other part of it, right? Like if if Tepper were to like go with fan slash player sentiment, and mm-hmm. just hire Steve Wilkes. You know who's not really going to get blamed for it as much? David Tepper. If it goes yeah. wrong, yeah. David Tepper's just going to be like, "Listen, I was trying to take the input of the players. You know, so, I yeah. can tell that. You know, and we thought he did a really good job in the time that we gave him. And we thought, hey, it's only fair to see if this. Could- Maybe they give him a short-term deal just to be sure, mm-hmm. since. I mean, I would hope whoever tempered, it's not too long term a deal right yeah. off the bat. Because <laughs> uh, that's dumb. But yeah, you know what I was going to say, like, what's the point? Like what now you're going to have to go around and search for a guy and do does, do any of us trust David Temper to do that? I know I don't.
3: No, I, do I don't not. think anybody does I don't, that. The, the, the no. question, though, it, the, the question is. Do you think this is this is something that I brought up on the air, and I think sometimes we forget this, that we're so laser focused on the Panthers not being good that we forget that other teams are not good, right? Like we forget, you know what? The Bucks suck too, okay? But if, I for- think
2: you know what part of it that is though, right? Is that a lot of the teams we're looking at and they're not good. Not all of them, but a lot of them you look at and you're like, well, they've been good recently. I think we all just miss being good. I miss yeah, having well- a- quarterback to watch that i was sure could influence the outcome of games
3: well that's in a good that, way, is, that, that is sam newton that's sam newton right now cam darnold let's go what lauren what He look pretty good he looked pretty good against seattle come on now lauren brownlow sportsfan.com joining us here on the og all right so to trans- transition off the panthers and and to college basketball something that we talked about on the ACC Panic Room this past weekend when North Carolina had their get-right game a week off. Uh, an opportunity for Armando Bay got to get healthier, which is important. Um, and against an opponent they should beat. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to last year's MO where uh, Carolina, when they took on good competition, got pushed around. Uh, and when they took on comparable competition or worse, they could do their thing. And that that's that would be my curiosity going forward eventually when they get back in the ACC play. Clearly, Hubert Davis, head coach of the, of the Tar Heels, wanted to get through Armando Baycott again. They wanted the offense, rather than jacking up threes, which hasn't exactly been successful, they wanted to get things going through Armando again. And it worked. But the question that I got is, is that a matter of doing it against Georgia Tech, or is this something they're going to truly stick with going forward? Uh, And that's going to be their new identity, because I could argue they have had no identity so far this season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I could argue that, I mean, obviously that's going to be helpful, but to me, the more helpful thing was just how much different their ball movement was, you know, in that there was some, and (laughs) you know, I think that to me is the biggest change that they have to keep consistent. I mean, there was just so much one-on-one basketball earlier in the season, and it seemed, Difficult for them to get shots in the half court, even though sometimes, you know, sometimes Caleb Love has been known to knock in a long two or a three at the end of a shot clock. Like R.J. Davis loves that step back kind of near the three point line shot, the long, the long twos, you know. We've talked about this. You kind of have to ride or die with your guard play. And sometimes they're going to take shots like that. But you know what? We've seen them make those shots more often than not. That You just kind of have to shrug your shoulders when they don't go in. The problem is there's no ball movement to get them there. There are no easy shots. See, that was what was going on earlier in the season. Is like the shot clock would be winding down. And it'd be like, okay, let's put the ball in this guy's hands and have him try to go make a play. When ideally mm-hmm. you'd love to move the ball around fast enough that you get somebody a really good look. And you just didn't see that happening a lot through the first, you know, however many games of the season. So to me, that was a big thing because I personally hadn't seen them move the ball like that all year. Uh, I would have to go back to last year's NCAA tournament, quite frankly, to the last time I saw them move it that well. So that, to me, was the big takeaway, and I think that's something they have to keep up because – Like, I know those guys like to go one-on-one from time to time. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes they can have success. But the success they were having a lot last year, I think, was contingent upon that kind of ball movement and getting everybody, like, the best available opportunity to score.
3: I also think that at some point, though, you talk about ball movement. I'm totally with you on that. But they also still need people to make shots. That, that's the other sure. thing, too. And I think as we get further away from it, um, we we have we, we stand in awe of what Brady Manick was able to consistently Listen, do. Listen, he was
2: so important to them. Okay? Like,
3: and, yeah. and they just don't have that production, and I don't see where that production is going to come from. That's not Pete Nance, okay? Uh, Caleb Love shouldn't be jacking up a bunch of shots in a game. That's not a recipe for success for the Tar Heels. So it might just have to be a thing where that's out of the equation and it gets back to what you're talking about, more ball movement and getting Armando Baycott the ball.
2: Just like, because that's the thing. You do have to make shots, but, you know, you're not going to get as good a looks off of no ball movement offense. Like, you're going to have somebody up on you. You're going to have to take a step back and take like an awkward long three or whatever it is. Like, you have to be able to kind of like get people better shots. And the way you do that is through ball movement. I mean, I know I sound like Captain. O- I sound like the guy who says like, use your, use your, bend your knees on the free throw. I always look at that guy like. Hey, look,
3: look. You know what? Roy Williams would always start a press conference saying, you know, games, game looks, games a lot better when the when the ball's going through the basket or whatever it was that he would say. You know. Uh, it's these like you are, don't
2: think the, they, those guys have thought of bending their knees on a free throw? You think they're gonna just forget? Yeah, probably.
3: It's probably the case. Anyway, Lauren wow. Brownlow, wrlSportsFan.com, ACC Panic Room. Thanks, Lauren. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete DeRuta, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial. Advisory group. Mike Leach, longtime college football coach, passed away. He was 61 years old. He was at Mississippi State, Washington State before that, and where he really became a thing, where he became notable with his air raid offense, was in Lubbock, Texas, Texas Tech, where he was head coach. And joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Outline from WREL is our colleague, Jason Jennings, uh, who his first gig out of college was in Lubbock, Texas during that Mike Leach era. Jason, what's up,
1: man? Hey guys. Uh, glad to talk Mike Leach and glad that, uh, you know, for those who may not have been familiar with him, that he might be getting the recognition that, uh, that he deserved for his impact on the game and just being one of the unique characters of the game. And yeah, I covered him, uh, in 2004 and 2005, they made the, uh, a uh, holiday bowl, uh, beating Aaron Rodgers in his last game mm-hmm. in college that year, and uh, the Cotton Bowl. So they were really starting to get on the map nationally. It was his fifth and sixth seasons there, so he's really starting to get the ball rolling there.
3: So Jason Jennings, our colleague over at WRL, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Before we talk about Mike Leach, I think it's important with the context of what exactly Lubbock is, and how <laughs> difficult it is to get people to go to Lubbock in the TV business—it's a job. I get it. You're gonna go to Lubbock, man. It's your first job out of college. But she ain't staying in Lubbock, Jason. You're back here. You know
1: that—that's that, not what it's about. I was there for 16 months, so when I left, it was time to leave. But <laughs> I loved my time there. I really did because of, I got to cover. Well, when I got the job, I thought the more interesting coach that it was going to be to cover was Bob Knight. Right. At right. the time, turns out. I can tell you night nice stories, but nothing about that was uh, fun or interesting. The, uh, the But the Mike Leach thing, I didn't know anything about him. And then, uh, but I, you know, I can tell you more stories about him later, but as far as Lava goes, it is, name any city in Texas you've probably ever heard of, and it's at least five or six hour drive from there. Uh, <laughs> there is not much going on. Uh, it's, it's got like a base, like city of 200,000, but you don't have to go more than 10 miles out to you. You're hitting one zero stoplight towns.
0: Jason Jennings joining us here on the Heaster Auto for Potline. That's Jovius. I'm Joe Giulio. Uh, we remember NC State back here played Texas Tech in some crazy shootout games, Jason. I-, I feel like every Texas Tech game was like that, though. What was it like just not having to watch a coach who wanted to win on a blocked punt <laughs> or a kickoff return with that type it of mentality? It was
1: fascinating. It was fascinating. He. He, uh, I got there the year after they played those uh, games against State in back-to-back years, and the very first game I cover, uh, they're playing TCU, uh, and they're down 21 nothing in the first quarter. And I'm like, what's all this Mike Leach offense everyone's talking about? Uh, and little I know at the time, he would kind of spend the first few possessions just gauging tendencies before he would just attack. And then all of a sudden, bang, it's 21-21 heading into halftime, so they got all the momentum. Final score Texas Tech wins 70 to 35. So it, they had a game where they beat Nebraska 70 to 10. You know, just these times where you'd watch it, and at first it would be brushed off as, oh, you know, it's just a system. Well, it's still a system that scores 70 points in a game, which at that time we weren't really seeing much at all before then.
3: Jason Jennings joining us, WRAL, on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline alongside Joe Gilio. I'm um, Joe Ovias. All right, we'll we'll close on this, Jason. We appreciate the time, man. Uh, you, when we cover coaches, we understand there are quirks and personalities to all these guys. But Leach, to me, Leach is what college sports ultimately is made unique. Like we we have guys like him, or we're, at least we had guys like him, because that I, I think that personality. Is kind of going away as everything's definitely more corporate with the money that's flowing into college sports. But I feel like you know the reason why we we fell in love with college sports because you had characters like Mike Leach and it had to be interesting being there for sixteen months.
1: Oh, he was definitely a character, and I could every one of his press conferences. The best press conferences were the ones who were it wouldn't be a game week, and you catch up with them in the off season. You just the first question could be, "Catch any good movies lately, Coach?" Yeah, and then he can tell you five minutes of you know his review of wedding crashers at the time but you know i think there's a reason why leach was perfect in lubbock texas yeah pullman washington you know starkville these places that are a little bit out there because he's not one of those cookie cutter coaches and i would be convinced that even though he interviewed for some pretty high profile jobs i can imagine he's such a weird guy that he would have been such a a tough coach to, for an ad or especially a school president to to digest what the heck is this guy sitting in front yeah, of me? But he yeah. was just such a weird personality, but a fascinating one. And like every one of his press conferences really was can't miss TV, even though you couldn't get one of his sound bites down to 15 seconds. You just had to let it play out and be a minute plus. Well, you
3: know, you could have invited him to do your weather, but apparently that happened at your competing television station in Lubbock.
1: <laughs> yes, but we are all lined up around it going, we're Everyone loved what was going on there, and I—I I don't know whose idea it was again over at the competing station, but to watch him do the weather, we couldn't compete, even though we were the number one station. We weren't that night. Nice <laughs> sure.
3: Jason Jennings, WRAL. Hey, man, we appreciate it. We'll catch up with you later.
1: All right, thanks, guys.
3: It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. I—I I, I wanted to talk to Jason because he spent time in Lubbock, and as he said, 16 months, he was ready, ready. Never forget the AD who
0: left Miami. And decided to take the Texas Tech job. Yeah. That's somebody's
3: wife who said, hey, buddy. <laughs> Not <laughs> here. Had enough Had enough of this South Florida stuff. Speaking of ADs, Boo Corrigan, <laughs> NC State Athletics Director, will join us next.
1: Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open a 16th. To do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com.
3: Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline is the Athletics Director at NC State, Boo Corrigan. He was the chair of the College Football Playoff Committee. Boo, appreciate the time. I'm, I'm guessing you are. You're really happy to not be looking at spreadsheets somewhere in Texas on a on a weekly basis at this point.
4: You know, it's it's a great experience, right? To be a part of it. You know, as as we say periodically, we're in the room where it happens for mm-hmm. all those Hamilton fans, right? You, you know, it's it's awesome to be there, be a part of it. Uh, they ran the numbers the other day, and since September one, I've been out of the office fifty six days. <sighs> So it's a ton of travel, it's a ton of time, it's a ton of watching, it's all of those things, but what a great topic to be a part of.
0: Boo Corgan is NC State's athletic director. He was also the head of the college football playoff selection committee this year. And I'm curious, Boo, was there a a new metric that you grew an appreciation for after going through this process?
4: You know, uh, coming from West Point, right? You, You always think time of possession is such a big deal in the game. And and really, it's it's the rate at which you score, right? It, it's your offense and the efficiency of your offense that that really matters where you may not touch the ball but so many times, but if you're really efficient when you do, it doesn't matter as much how much the other team has the ball. The other is uh, field position. And, and we talked, you know, a fair amount about that when you're looking at offense and defense and you know how long's the field, how short's the field; those types of things are, are things that you really look at more as you're going into it, as maybe a little bit of a, uh, maybe greater context—not necessarily good team, bad team, right—but greater time, context and understanding the numbers.
3: Boo Corrigan, athletics director, NC State, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Gilio is interested in the metrics aspect of this. I'm interested from the media perspective. I feel like whoever is sitting in that chair on a Tuesday night, you get the questions from ESPN. Uh, I feel like that's the that's the layup, That's the warm-up portion of your night because you, you do a conference call with uh, right. digital and media. And I always get the sense, and I'll, I'll admit I'm somewhat guilty of this too, people are looking for the gotcha moments. They're waiting for, well, you said this last week. Now you're saying this this week. Was that something you were cognizant of? Were you trying to avoid those things? Did you know that
4: was coming? No, I, you know the, the the most important thing during this entire process is that you tell the truth, right? Yeah. And you tell the truth about what you talked about in the room, and, and about the teams that you're going through. Right? You know, full candor was absolutely petrified the first time I went on <laughs> with 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 Reese. I had no idea I... where. I had no idea where it was going to go. You don't have any idea what questions he's going to ask. Yeah. You prepare for, you know, an hour with people and then you study it yourself. And then you're trying to recall everything that's going on. You don't really have any, you, I had some notes, right. But they're in front of me. And The last thing you want to do on an interview is
3: here's, right, my, down. Answer. Yeah. here's
4: my answer, you, you know, in that type of thing. So it, it was just a really different experience for me. I mean, uh, be, being on with you guys is, it's, it's fun. It's it's and it's not easy i don't know what the questions are i don't know any of those things but you know we're going to talk about nc state right and we're going to talk about sure. my experiences we're going to talk about those things and then all of a sudden it's what about coastal carolina <laughs> Okay, let me think back to coastal carolina and how their year went and i know they lost to you and that was before their quarterback got hurt and they lost you know 49 to 23 you know what i'm saying so you're trying to recall all these things as you're going into it, and that that's really the hardest part of the whole thing is, is you, you probably have an hour plus of comments. And then the thing with with Reese, who was really good and really nice to me, is, you know, three minutes and then you go to the next one. And then, you know, we did something on Facebook Live and then um, I was on with Freddie and Fitz at mm-hmm. the end of the night. The whole thing is probably a better part of an hour when, when it's all said and done.
0: Book Oregon joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. that's Jovius. I'm Joe Gilio. All right, I am going to transition this to NC State, but I first want to ask because I am always I have always been fascinated by this and your, your good friend Bubba Cunningham will experience this with the uh, men's basketball selection committee. when sure. your team is talked about now, in theory you're not supposed to be there. You will never <laughs> convince me though, Gene. That you were not in that room when NC State was talked about, and just as, just as Lawrence will never convince me that he will not be in the room when North Carolina is talked about. So, try to convince me now that you weren't involved in any conversations about NC State being ranked by the by this. Go back,
4: go, go back to the beginning. The key to the whole thing is to tell the truth. Literally, when it when it comes up, or when when you see your name mm-hmm. up on the, up on the screen, you stand up and walk out. Uh, really, I, I, prom- I promise you. And again, I had to do it twice this year, right? So my yeah. brother, Kevin's a lacrosse coach in Notre Dame. So they viewed that as a potential conflict of interest. So whenever Notre Dame came up, really? you know, now the, the heart, the hard part is this, right? The hard part is, is when you're the chair, you still need to understand what they're talking about, right? You still need to be able to say, here's why Notre Dame went from, um, I guess it was after the B Clemson. Right yeah. when, when they went back into the, the rankings, you mm-hmm. know, and at one point they had won seven out of eight games, and I need to be able to be aware of what the conversation was. But but in terms, I promise you, in terms of any time it came up, I just stood up and walked out.
0: There's not a trap door that like, or a catapult that that shoots you from the room.
4: No, there's not. There's a glass that you put up against the door. <laughs> there you go. No. Just, <laughs>
0: Did you have to make a survivor-like alliance with Charlie Cobb? You're like, all right, Charlie. Or did he have to get out of the room
3: too? That's right. For you know, former, you know, he's a former administrator here at NC State.
4: Well, I mean, the, the crazy thing is this, right? So if I had to leave every time they talked about a team, um, I worked at Florida State. I worked at Duke. I worked at Navy. I worked at Army. You, you know, I worked at uh, here, obviously at NC State, and worked at Virginia. So, you know, if you do that to every single person there's not going to be a lot of people left in the room <laughs> to right, right, yeah. have an affiliation, yeah. much less where their kid goes to school or, sure, or yeah. anything else. So it, it, they really do a good job narrowing it down. But yeah, you know, the, the beauty of this committee to me, to me, is politics don't really come into the room. There's, there, there's conference reports that we get and there's two individuals that meet with conferences uh, four times throughout this, throughout our process, get a report from the conference make Mm -hmm. sure we understand everything that's going on, but there's no other conversations. There's no other talk about, you know, whether there's this many schools from this conference. Uh, Again, you you know, you guys know me well enough. My goal is to always tell the truth. And as we go through this process, that's a really important part of it.
3: Book Oregon, NC State AD, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Um, in the back of your mind, and you can tell us now that the statute of limitations is up now that the, uh, the college football playoff is in the books, like when Carolina came in, comp- in conversation and where they were ranked. Did you just think to yourself, we'll take care of that? State will take care of that at the end of the season. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, no did time-
4: rivalry, rivalry stuff kind of coming into play now? At, Come on. At now. no point in time do we project anything that's going to happen the week after or the week after we stay to week 10, you've heard me say it before. Uh stay uh on week 10 and that's what we do. And then we move forward.
0: Got it. Smart man. Got it. That's that's the right way to go about it. Boo Corgan is NC State's AD. He's joining us here on the OG. All right, let's get to the Wolfpack season because Mm -hmm. it certainly was adventurous. It wasn't the one that anyone probably wanted in August, but the way that it ended up. And eight and four with that win over Carolina did kind yeah. of change maybe how we look back at the 2022 season for NC State.
4: It, you know it there was so much promise going into it, it and, and that was really based on the young men that came back right they, they probably had an opportunity at another school or probably had an opportunity to go pro but the, the connection that they have and the leadership and you've heard me talk about Grant and Isaiah before, right? You, you know, Grant Gibson and Isaiah Moore and what Devin brought and what Peyton brings in his way and what Drake Thomas brings in his way and, and that connectivity. And you go down, you know, for the uh, for the Clemson game, right? And, and you think about, you know, man, what if we, what if they don't score right before halftime, right? With, with, with everything that's going on. And was it a fumble? Was it not a fumble? going out of bounds. I, I, I don't, you guys know me well enough. I don't look backwards a lot. You know, I can tend to always look forward and then to go, to go up to Syracuse and um, play the way we did there, but that was a different Syracuse team. You, you know, at, at week six, week seven of the stadium, uh, I mean, of the, of the season, they were undefeated. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're in the dome. And I don't know if either one of y'all were there and I apologize for not knowing that. Uh, but that place was loud you know, I'm saying totally different vibe in their first sellout they'd had in 15 years, whatever it is going into that BC game was really tough, right? A bang, bang play there at the end that they win, lose call, right? It, it wasn't a projected, you know, well, maybe this would have happened. Maybe that would have happened, but literally if the ball's, if the call's not made, you know, we win the game because they run out of downs instead they do make the call uh, ball gets on the two yard line. Um, you know, it, it was one of those years, but but a lot to be proud of, right? In, in the way they did stick together, in a lot of teams. You know, I get a lot of text messages after wins, after losses, everything else as we move through a season. But their ability to continue to stick together, to continue to play for each other, with each other, for their coaches, for their university, uh, particularly going down the street, there at the end was, was really something, and I think speaks a lot to who we are as an institution.
0: You have a full understanding of this league's history just as about as well as anybody else, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you enjoy seeing Merlin down in Charlotte, uh, getting back together with the terps for the first time since they oh. left the league in 2014.
4: Honestly, I was a little happy about it. I, I, I really was. I, I think it's one of those it's one of those things that you, you know it, it was part of or significant part of, particularly here, right? When you think about the the possibly the greatest game ever played. Right. With, with the 74 teams. Yeah. You don't have other. to qualify. You could just call they, it. Okay. It right. I, I believe it is, but you know, you know, I, I believe it is. You're in a safe space in this program. It's fine. You know, at, 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 a, at a time where one team went right. And, yeah. and what it meant and, and everything involved in that in, in over the years, the, the, the times we've played with them, the ability to get there, right. The ability to drive up to the, to the DMV and then come down here. I, th- I think it's going to be an exciting, uh, exciting day for us.
3: Book Oregon, AD, NC State joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. To go back to the college football playoff committee before we wrap things up, I am curious, uh, having now done it, how you view that job changing when it goes beyond four teams, when you're worried about one through 12, who's getting the home field advantage, who is going to get the bye weeks? How do you view that job changing in the future?
4: Well, I, I think the biggest thing is whatever whatever happens on the committee, someone's going to be disappointed. Right. And, and whether it's the 13th and 14th team that thought they should have been, you know, number 11 or 12, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, the team that finishes, you know, fifth or sixth thinking that they should be fourth. I, I think it's going to give you a, you know, greater bandwidth. You, you know, I think it's all about participation, right. And, and more teams being able to participate uh, in the playoffs. Um, I'm excited for it. I, I think, you know, it, I kept saying not, i I said it a couple times you know college football always delivers right i mean you you go into rivalry weekend and you're like this is going to happen this is going to happen and you're wrong across the board every time every single time. i I, I scream that on the the radio
3: every single time
4: yeah that that's the one thing i hope is not lost Mm -hmm. right in in this whole thing is losing a weekend like that you, you, you know where so many teams are playing and there's so much emotion and the cheerleaders are there the bands there the alumni are there the former players are there and just what all that means, you know, to college football. I really hope that doesn't get lost, but whoever's on the committee at that point, I will not be when, when it goes to 12, you, you know, is going to do a great job and continue to lean forward.
3: Boo Corrigan, NC state athletics director. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you later.
4: All right, Joe, Joe, appreciate you.
3: Your heart.
0: It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons,